Real Nerds listeners. Once again, it's an exciting interview from our time spent at Denver Comic-Con 2013. Enjoy. Welcome to another Real Nerds interview here at Denver Comic-Con. The first one that James does on his own. Who knows <laughs> what I'm going to do to this shit. Anyway, we're here with uh, with James. What was your last name? Sorry. Last name's Kormanik. Kormanik. Cool. And uh, sl- big old long Slavic last name. So we were talking. I, I On Twitter, I use Uncle Korm. So K-O-R-M. Very cool. And we, we met you last year because you uh, came down and just sort of hung out at the table for a while and wanted to come back and say hi. So thank you for coming back to the show. Yeah, um, glad to see that you guys are here again and bigger and better than even last year. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We would not miss it. It's way too much fun being here. Um, but you're here because you're moderating some panels. Yeah, they've. Uh, I did two panels uh, last year. Had a lot of fun with it, and um, they went really well. So this year they asked me to do uh, five different panels. Cool. Did one today, uh, which kicked off uh, Denver Comic Con. I did. It was creating comics for kids. Oh wow! And uh, so it was really cool because that's kind of the heart and soul of what Denver Comic Con is uh, is about. Yeah, getting kids reading children's literacy and then of course uh, money going to uh, comic book classroom so that was a cool way to, to kick off the con absolutely yeah. and you know the truth is I think that's one of the hardest things about comic books right now is you know there's a lot of great comics out there a lot of stuff that I read but most of it is not something the kids should read and I think it's hard to get especially with all the canon and all of that stuff trying to get kids to read comics again and you know they're not in grocery stores you know so unless the parents are reading comics it's hard to get them in um what was it? That was a big part of the the conversation, especially when you have some people who kind of cross over. They'll do well. I say Tony Fleece. He's you know, not everything he's done is My Little Pony. Right. So yeah. if you were to if you were to follow him as a creator, um, just because My Little Pony was a great one to give to the kids doesn't mean the next book that he puts out is going to be kid friendly. Right. And uh, so yeah, we talked we talked about that, uh, and also. Within the comic books, you know, you want to have adventure, you want to have action. Um, you look at the comic Princeless, which is, you know, the premise is uh, you, you've got a girl in the tower. She's, she doesn't want to be saved by a prince. She wants, she's princeless. She's doing it on her own. Yeah. And uh, so she's a strong female child character with a big sword. And so uh, Jeremy Whitley, who's, who writes it, he was talking about, yeah, she has the sword. I'm four issues into it, and every single time I'm thinking about her using it, stabbing, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't cross that line. Yeah. Which brought us into talking about uh, He-Man, which everybody on the panel was old enough that yeah, you know, the He-Man and Skeletor. It. Well, you know, He-Man has this big behemoth sword, but he never kills Skeletor. He, he, he never uses, he never stabs anybody with yeah. it. He uses deflect blows, you know, a ray gun. He's he's using it kind of like Wonder Woman in her in her amulets. Yeah. Um, so it's it's there more of a prop, and it's he's a big strong character, much like she is a, a strong character. But as a writer, you don't want to cross that line because you want to keep that book uh, suitable for your audience. But yet, you still want to have topics that uh, challenge a, a kid. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. if you don't, if it's just A, B, C, D, you know, the kid's bored with it. Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think one of the problems is, uh, like, my my favorite cartoon show, which is in this uh, but my favorite cartoon show, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, and, and part of that is because 
I think it's a great kid show because it doesn't talk down to kids. You know, um, over here, and we've got a box of free comics over here that we're giving away. And one of the things in there is my copy of Super Dinosaur, the first issue of Super Dinosaur. And that issue is fantastic because there is this, like, there's this really deep and sad story in there about this kid who's, whose father is not entirely there. I don't mean he's, he's not present. I mean mentally he's not entirely there anymore. Um, and that story is, is adult. I mean, it's, it's got adult themes to it, and yet it's telling that story to kids because the truth is kids understand it. Yeah. You know, kids are smart, and they, you know, yes, unfortunately, my generation, when we were young, we made SpongeBob SquarePants popular, and that probably killed <laughs> cartoons for the next 20 years. Um, you know, there's become this whole thing where, like, well, if it's kids, you just got to make it shiny and things like that and, yeah. and distract them for a while. But I think, you know, the biggest problem is that people talk down to kids. Yeah, you know, and, they, kid, and kids mature um, rather quickly. You know, there's a point where Richard Scary is appropriate, and it's just, yeah. I see it's the little bunny and it's the bus. But yeah. it, and those those kind of cartooning is is perfect for that age, but they quickly grow out of that age. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is. It's a challenge of being able to be captivating um, to get them to use their own imaginations to build their vocabulary to want to read. And uh, when you have so much media capturing their attention, I mean, the TV is always there to say. I'll think for you. Right. You know the movies. No, no, this is the way it's done. And nothing wrong with TV and movies because, you know, I, I love TV and movies just like anybody else. Yeah. But for a child, it's also very, very uh, helpful for their development of their own imagination for them to want to tell their own stories. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. One of the things I love. I mean, this is a little off topic, but I, I love Axe Cop. Um, I, lo- I don't know if you've read it. Do you know about Axe Cop? I know about Axe Cop, but haven't read. It's it's written by, originally, like the first couple few issues and such, were written by a nine-year-old, and then his older brother was doing the art for it. So the art is really good, and the story is like, you know, Axe Cop goes to the bad guy planet, and the bad guy cop planet is... So the story, like, it, it changes every page as far as what the <laughs> plot is, and it's just really aw- clearly off the top of his head. Um, but it... it it's an interesting look into like the way that kids think. I mean, it's it's also crazy entertaining. It's really funny, um, but it, you could look at it and really analyze the way that kids think about story, and and you realize like you know, I mean, yes, there's violence and stuff in there, you know, but but he's he's got some actual you know characters in there, and it's it's really interesting. Um, I think not giving kids enough uh, enough room to really yeah. use their imagination yeah. is. is problem it, so uh, that is one of the things that i like about denver comic con uh versus the other cons i mean there's a, there's a lot of cons throughout the year there's probably three or four big ones yeah. going on this weekend even um and each one kind of has their own personality and i and i hope with this is always the personality for denver yeah. that there's always a spot for the entry level kids you know the kids yeah. kids in 11 or under are free yeah, you know, which is great. You know, you tell people that, and they're, you know, they're, they can't believe crazy. it. Yeah, you're like, I thought it was sixty bucks a ticket. Like, yeah, no, you, you can get your ticket. You can get a day pass if you want. Bring your kids, have a great time. Yeah, and there's so many activities and things for them. And at the same time, you know, the con's full of all of your other typical stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, all the way to the horror genre. It's like we were talking. Uh, uh, off mic. That's my next panel that I'm going to do. I'll, I'll be sitting down with Ben Temple Smith and awesome. Kevin Giltmore and 
we're going to talk horror in comics uh, yeah. tom- tomorrow. So just to go the other way. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a it's the whole range. You know, it is the the kids are have their own section. Yeah. So they're not right in, mixed in the middle of that. You can just go visit the kids' corral and yeah. not go any further with them if you you know if they're too young. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's just a wonderful con. And you know, it's it's interesting that that's your that, that those two are, are your are your panels or you know that those two are your panels I should say um, because obviously you know one of them is about kids and the other one is about the thing that almost killed comics. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. true. Like well, the comics brought about comics, the comics code in the fifties. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, and and that was all about this idea that like well because all comics are for kids, horror shouldn't be involved in that in um in in comics at all. Uh, Man, that yeah. I'm gonna have to ask Ben Templesmith about that if we get him on the show. It's um, it's interesting that people look at the comic medium differently than they look at other mediums. I mean, that's like saying all movies should be in one type of genre. Yeah, you know, movies is just a, a way to tell a story. Right. Comics are just a way to tell a story. Heart, you know, a novel is just a way to tell a story. It's yeah. the medium that that. Uh, creator is using to express themselves, and so to try to put comics in a box and say it's it's for this or not for that or just because in that it's in that medium it it boggles my mind. I never never understood that kind of logic. No. It's like no, put a rating system on it if you have to. Yeah, you know the way that you do movies, just because uh, because I mean at at some point there is room for like helping the. Uh, helping the parents who aren't readers find the books that are right for their kids. Right. You right. know, um, because the if, if the entry level remains that your parents need to be in comics for it to be easy for you to get into comics, that, that gets in the way every time. You know, I, I took a censorship class in college, and so there's, a, there's definitely a part of me that says, like, no, no, don't, don't put any kind of censorship on it. It might touch the actual artistic integrity. But I'm like, no, it... You know, what's good for comics is good for all comics. Yeah. You know, if comics all sell better, then Ben Templesmith's book will sell better. It'll find a bigger audience every time. Right. If you so, don't want to read about vampires, don't yeah. read 30 Days of Night. Yeah, if you absolutely. you want to read a great comic about uh, vampires, you know, there yeah. there it is. And it's in the same it's being presented in the same medium that My Little Pony's being presented in. Yeah. But obviously you know, day and day and night, night and day between the two. Of them. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, we we started recording because you were about you were telling me a story about Jerry Conway. Um, you got to meet Jerry Conway and, and walk with him for a while. Tell me about that again. Yeah, yeah, wonder, wonderful guy. Um, and of course, a long long history uh, in in the uh, superhero comic world. And um, we were talking about web comics, and he said his what got him into storytelling was being a Boy Scout sitting around the campfire and then uh, telling stories and having to tell stories. And that interaction that you got and your story might change in your head as you're telling it because you're reading the body language of people around you. They're either leaning forward and they're hanging on every word you're saying or they're distracted and they're looking somewhere else and you can tell it's not going anywhere. That kind of campfire, that raw storytelling, yeah. is uh, was fun, is exciting to him, and he tried to capture that. So we had a brief conversation about web comics, where today people will put out one panel, so you have, you know, a little action sequence of what four panels, like a strip almost, yeah. and that's it once a week, and then people comment on it. They're either fans of it or they're saying, oh, 
you know, I hope this character kills off this character. I hope this, <laughs> I, I hope this character, you know, isn't in a void of no return. That there's a way it comes back because it's my favorite character. You're getting some of that campfire feedback. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of neat. It, it was, the, you know, a, the old school into the modern day. You know, technology is just technology. It's like we were talking about earlier about a medium. Yeah. You know, it's just the way of expressing yourself and telling your story. And, That's so you know, cool. And anybody can do it. Yeah. You, and anybody you know, can be Jerry Conway. You you yeah. can't. It just it takes you know it takes a lot of work. Oh yeah. We, have, we were talking about this the the work ethic of this business. If you have a weekly web series, people expect a panel once a yeah. week. Oh yeah. And you got to be able to produce. If yeah. you're writing for uh, any of the big publishing companies on a monthly comic, unless they've hired you to do a one-shot, right? you're producing on a monthly schedule. So, yeah. you know, it, it is a, a very accessible way for people who are passionate about telling their story to get into it. There's all kinds of ways to self-publish, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. There, I mean, we could you just go on and on about how to get your story out but whatever it is you do, you, you got to be able to continue to do it because once you build up fans, there's that expectation that yeah. you're going to be there next week or you're going to be there next month. So, cool. yeah, it was neat. It was it was neat to be able to ha- have some time to talk yeah. with Jerry. And that's the kind of thing that like only happens at a convention like oh, this, where it's absolutely. laid back like that, where like you can just run into an icon like that and and he'll just walk with you. Yeah. You know? Um, it's one of the things that we've we've found over the last year and a half of doing well, two years of doing the show, year and a half of talking to famous people. Um, that most of the time they're just so laid back and friendly that like once you get them sitting down talking, they're really cool. Um, they're you always know, so gracious. They they love what they do. Yeah. Uh, they there's very few people in this business that got in this business to be millionaires. Right. And uh, especially in comics. Yeah. You know, it, it can happen, but it's you know, it's kind of like how many kids play basketball and yeah. become Michael Jordan. Yeah. Well, not many. Yeah. So, and even the, even the ones who do, even the Robert Kirkmans of the world, still started off with Battle Pope. So you know they're still in it for the fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So they all, none of them got in the business. They all know what they're getting into. And yeah. so you meet people who are passionate about their craft. They're very very accessible. They, you know, this Denver Comic Con isn't the only con they've they've done. Yeah. They're used to crowds, and uh, yeah, a lot of them will do sketches sometimes they'll sign or sketch for free and um, most of them will put a price on their you know book especially if they have long lines uh, they'll, they'll have a you know 10 20 30 for uh, for a sketch and yeah but you can sit and talk to them and watch an artist that you like their work and watch them create something for you right in front of you it's just it's phenomenal it's a great experience the fans are good you you got all the cosplayers. You've got a good percentage of people that come out in costume and they're yeah. just having fun. They're just they're here to have a good time, and it's infectious. Yeah, it, really it is. is. It really well, is. Thank you so much. How, one more time, how can people find you on Twitter? Uh, Uncle Corm. So at Uncle Corm, K O R M, and cool. uh, I live in Colorado Springs. Tweet a lot about uh, the front range of Colorado area, both in making comics, comics. And craft beer, you can't you can't live in this. It's a good combination. You can't live in this part of the world and not get into craft beer. No, so. absolutely cool. Well, thank you so much, James. All right, James. It was I hope a pleasure you have a great time with the rest of the show. You bet. 
Thank you for listening to the interviews we conducted at Denver Comic-Con 2013. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Thanks for listening. Bye. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also stream us on Stitcher Radio. Email us, realnerds at gmail.com. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us, at real underscore nerds. Call us, 720-6nerds5. Like us on Facebook. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Until next week, bye.